When we see others struggling, our natural human tendency is to rush in and help. But by helping, could we be doing more harm than good? The answer, coming up next on this week's Counterthink. The world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Stand by. Roll intro in three, two... Opposites are things that are as different as can be. Come on and learn some opposites with me. There's a story, often attributed to the writer Henry Miller, about a little boy in India who sat watching a guru study an object he held in his hand. As the little boy came closer to get a better look, the guru sensed his curiosity and said, It's called a cocoon, and inside is a beautiful butterfly. Soon the cocoon will split and the butterfly will come out. May I have it? asks the boy. Yes, said the guru, but you must first promise something. When the cocoon splits open and the butterfly emerges and begins beating its wings, promise me you won't help it by breaking the cocoon apart. No matter how hard it struggles, let the butterfly do it all by itself. The little boy promised, took the cocoon, went home, and then sat and watched. Finally, the cocoon began to quiver and vibrate. After a time, the cocoon slowly began to split open. Inside was a beautiful, damp butterfly frantically beating its wings against the cocoon, struggling to get out. The butterfly struggled and struggled, but did not seem to be able to free itself. The little boy desperately wanted to help, but he remembered the promise he made to the guru. Watching the poor little butterfly struggle and struggle finally proved too much for the boy. He disobeyed the guru's instructions and pushed the two halves of the cocoon apart. The butterfly sprang out of the cocoon and took flight, but as soon as it got up into the air, it fell down to the ground and was killed. The little boy picked up the dead butterfly and with tears streaming down his face ran back to the guru to show him. You pushed open the cocoon, didn't you? asked the guru. Yes, said the boy. The guru began to explain. When the butterfly comes out of the cocoon, its wings are not strong enough to carry it into the air. The only way it can strengthen its wings is by beating them against the cocoon. The butterfly beats its wings over and over so its muscles will grow strong. When you help the butterfly the way you did, you prevented it from getting strong enough to fly. And that's why the butterfly fell to the ground and was killed. 
Successful entrepreneurs, for the most part, tend to be natural helpers. The desire to help others solve their problems is often what draws us into our chosen professions in the first place. It's also what drives our success. Regardless of what we do for a living, saving lives or waiting tables, our income will always be in direct proportion to the quality and quantity of the service we render to others. As my long-term friend and mentor Zig Ziglar used to say, you can have everything in life you want, as long as you'll help enough other people get what they want. This is one of those absolute truths of life. Help people to solve their problems, and they'll gladly pay you for it. But counterthink demands we examine every truth, even the absolute ones, from the opposite side. When we follow our natural instinct and rush to the aid of another who is struggling, we run the risk of doing more harm than good. It's not an easy thing to stand by and watch someone we care about struggle, especially when we know that we can help. But handing a child the toy he wants instead of letting him crawl across the room to get it himself, or rushing to fix a mistake or complete a project for an employee who is struggling, has the same effect as the little boy opening the cocoon for the newly emerged butterfly. When we rush to help someone who is struggling, we end up weakening the very muscles that person needs to be developing so that when the time comes, he or she will have the strength to fly on their own. Standing by and watching someone struggle is often one of the hardest lessons for us entrepreneurs to learn, especially when profit, deadlines, and outcomes are at stake. But if you want to build a self-sufficient and productive team capable of thinking and performing on their own, it's an essential habit to develop. To be effective as counterthinkers or leaders, we often have to go against our natural human tendencies, like learning to stand by and allow those in our charge to stumble and stutter and trip and fall and screw things up so they can exercise their muscles and figure things out for themselves. What often results is a much better way of doing things. I've got a coaching client, a consultant who specializes in materials management, shipping, and distribution. And yeah, he's a counterthinker. He told me about a system he developed to identify sticking points, slowdowns, and costly glitches in a process. He assembles what he calls his advanced team, comprised solely of the laziest people he can find. He assigns that team to a task and then just sits back and watches. Now, here's his rationale. If you assign a task to a person who's lazy, the laziest person will always find the simplest, quickest, easiest way to do things so they can get the job done and go back to goofing off, which is what they do best. Contrast that with a person who doesn't mind doing hard work or constant repetitive tasks, and, well, the problem goes undetected. In the case of a simple picking, packing, shipping operation, suppose you have an item that's commonly ordered but is misplaced and stored on the top of a stack, which requires the picker now to climb a ladder to the top of the stack 30, 40, 50, 60 times a day. The lazy person just ain't going to tolerate that. As soon as they find the glitch, they'll climb to the top of the ladder, 
pull that item bin off the top of the stack, bring it down to ground level, and pick it from there. By watching the lazy person simply struggle through his frustration and come up with a solution on his own, my consultant friend can identify the sticking points, slowdowns, and glitches in the process and simplify and streamline the workflow to make it more profitable. Now, once the process is simplified and optimized, you can assign the worker bees, as he calls them, to the very same task and get it done with the greatest efficiency and profitability. Brilliant in its simplicity and a perfect example of counterthink at work. Now, getting back to the story of the little boy, the guru, and the butterfly, it's a story every parent, every teacher, and every manager of people should remember. It's also a good story to tell over the dinner table or at a morning staff meeting and discuss it. So often, what seems harsh or cruel or counterintuitive is in reality kindness and wisdom and the very best training for the challenges that lie ahead. Until next time, this is Alexander Berardi reminding you, you can change your income, you can change your outcomes simply by changing the way you think. So go ahead, counterthink, and have your most profitable week ever. Yes is the opposite of no, fast is the opposite of slow, happy is the opposite of sad, and good is the opposite of bad. Early is the opposite of late. Crooked is the opposite of straight. In is the opposite of out. And quiet is the opposite of loud. Opposites are things that are as different as can be. I'm so glad you learned some opposites with me. All right, that's a wrap.